moms make the world go round. We're really grateful for our moms here at Movement Church, and we want to show you this little video that kind of reminds you just how many burdens moms can carry sometimes and how much they could use a little break every now and then. Take a second and watch this with us. Mother's Day looks a lot different this year. Mommy needs a quarantine. And our moms may be spending a lot of time with their kids right now. A lot. Like, so, so much time. And even though they love their kids to the moon and back, Mommy, where are you going? Sometimes moms need a little alone time. Mommy! You know, to recharge. Go talk to Daddy. Mommy! Where are you? But no matter what's happening in the world, their favorite way to spend time is with their family. In good times, in hard times. Mom! Hi. You're breaking everything! In uncertain times. Thank you, Mom, for making time for us every single day. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I ask that you would watch over us as we go to bed and rest, that you'd speak to us in Bible stories and speak to us in... Um... Today we're looking at the name Jehovah Shalom. It means God is peace. And I thought if we're on Mother's Day, what better topic to talk about than peace? Because for many of us, our moms are the ones in our lives that bring us peace. They calm us down, they encourage us, they build us up, they help us to keep our focus in the right place. So the problem is though, for many moms, they carry so many burdens for so many different people in their lives that oftentimes they don't feel like they have peace. And let's be real, let's be honest, most of us struggle with having peace in our lives. So I thought this was a great topic to talk about today, a great name for us to discuss, Jehovah Shalom. And it comes from the book of Judges where we see the story of Gideon. You know, I thought some of you may or may not be familiar with this story of Gideon, so I want to show you a quick recap of it. Watch this. Slapstick Theater, Gideon's 300 Men. This is Gideon. Who was a judge of Israel. In the time when Gideon lived, a group of people called the Midianites were taking over the Israelites' land. Get out of here! And the Israelites were starving. So the Israelites asked God for help. God chose Gideon to rescue the Israelites. And gave him the power to lead an army of Israelites. One day, Gideon and his army got up early and came close to the Midianite camp. God told Gideon that he had too many warriors with him. Really? 
So God told Gideon to let all the men who were scared go home. All right, uh, you can go home. Phew. So 22,000 men went home, and Gideon was left with only 10,000. But God told Gideon that he still had too many men with him. Uh, what, really? He told Gideon to bring the men down to the water and that God would give them a test. Okay. Gideon did as God asked, and then God said, Divide the men in two groups. In one group, put all those who cup water in their hands and lap it up with their tongues like dogs. In the other group, put those who kneel down and drink with their mouths in the stream. Only 300 men drank from their hands. God told Gideon, with these 300 men, I will rescue you and give you victory over the Midianites. Send all the others home. So Gideon did as God said. You can go home. That night, God told Gideon to get up and go down to the camp to listen to what the Midianites were saying. Hey, Pura, let's go. Gideon and his servant Pura went down to the camp and saw the huge army. There were too many men and camels for Gideon to even count. Oh, that's a lot of camels. But Gideon heard a soldier telling another man about a dream he had that showed them that God would give Gideon victory over the Midianites. When Gideon heard this, he worshiped God. Come on! Then Gideon and his army of 300 men went down to the Midianite camp. They blew their horns and held torches in their hands. They yelled out, and the Midianite soldiers rushed around in a panic and tried to escape. Then God caused the Midianites to start fighting against each other. Because of God's power, Gideon and his army had victory over the Midianites that day. So I want to back up in Gideon's story, and I want us to see how God used this guy who wasn't really acting all that brave, but he called him Mighty Warrior and used him in an incredible way like we just saw in that video. I want us to take a second and I want us to learn a few valuable lessons about how we have peace in a chaotic world like most of us live in all the time. So what are the four steps to peace we can find from Gideon's story? The first one is this, God has always been with Israel. And you can go ahead and apply that to yourself. Remember and remind yourself that God has always been with you. God has always been with you. Judges chapter 6, verse 7, beginning there, it says, When the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet who said, This is what the Lord God, the God of Israel, says. I brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians, and I delivered you from the hand of all your oppressors. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not listened to me. So here's what we see. God tells Gideon when he's unsure, when he's nervous, when he thinks he's not cut out for this task, and he just doesn't know if God's going to show up. God reminds him that he's always been with Israel. Every time that Israel has gotten themselves in a bind, every time that Israel has gotten themselves in trouble, God has always been there. He's always been faithful, even when they weren't. And so that's a good reminder for you and I, is that God is always there. He's always faithful, even when we aren't. But especially when we are, we're able to see His power and see His hand at work. So remind yourself that God has always been there every time in the past. 
If you want to remember God's past faithfulness, the best way is to go and look and spend time in God's Word. And then the next best way is to take notes and write down the times that God answers your prayers. I remember when I was in college, a group of us guys were really trying to live faithfully for Jesus, and we decided to meet every night in our dorm rooms, and uh, we gathered together, and we prayed, and we, we did different things and talked about life and, and how we were trying our best to live for Christ, and we started writing down our prayer requests, and it was really cool in this little notebook that we had over time to look back six months later and see, wow, look how many things God answered, and it gave us this real appreciation for, yeah, even when we didn't feel like things were working out, God showed up in a mighty way. He always does. He's always faithful. So remind yourself that. If you feel like you don't have peace, remind yourself that God has always been faithful. He's always been there. The next lesson we learn is this. He teaches Gideon, and we can learn as well is that God is with Gideon in the present. He's been there in the past for all of Israel, but he's also there in the present. And so you can personalize that for yourself as well. God is with you in the present. Right now, while you're in quarantine, while chaos is going on around you, while it seems like this world can be falling apart at times, God is with you now, in the present, in the moment, here, with you, now. Can I say it enough? God is with you now. Judges 6 verse 11 is where we see him reassuring Gideon of this. The angel of the Lord came down and sat down under the oak in Oprah that belonged to Joash the Abizarite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. He calls Gideon a mighty warrior while he's hiding out. His name literally meant feller, as like in cutting down logs, or hewer of hewing logs, to use old language. And it carried the idea of a warrior. So here's this guy whose name sort of means warrior, one who lays things down, one who gets to work and gets the job done, and he's hiding out. But yet still God addresses him as mighty warrior. He's saying, you're not living up to your name, but listen to me. I'm here with you. I'm going to help you. You see, God sees through your weakness and my weakness. And he sees who we truly are in Jesus Christ, his son. If you're a Christian, that means that you no longer live, but Christ lives in you. And God looks at you and he sees you in that identity. He sees you for who you truly are, even when you can't even see it yourself. He doesn't see who you are in your flesh, the person that you see in the mirror, in the memories that you share, and the weaknesses that you feel. His power is made perfect in weakness. And you got to remind yourself of that. So look at the people and the resources around you to remind yourself that God is present. Look to your church family. Right now, if you've sort of been withdrawing and you've not been reaching out and, and connecting with other people in the church, it's not too late. It's time to start reaching out. Don't wait for someone to reach out to you. You reach out to them. And I guarantee you that you'll be encouraged. Spend time in your Bible. Spend time studying what God's Word says, like we can see how He's been faithful in the past to remind us that He's here now as well. Spend time with your family. Engage with them. Don't just sit there in the same room on a device, not talking, but encourage one another. And then spend time in prayer. Spend time praying to the God who knows you better than anybody, and He can help you during this difficult time. God is here. He is faithful. And then we learn a third lesson about how to have peace in a difficult and a trying world. He reminds Gideon that God would be with him in the battles to come. He's been there in the past. He's with him right now. 
And he's saying, Gideon, I got you. I'm going to be there with you in the battles to come. And so we can personalize this by saying God will be with us in the future. He's always been there. He's here now, and he will be with us in the future. Judges 6, verse 14, beginning there, says, The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? He's saying, look, man, I've got this taken care of. I'm the one sending you. I can deal with the issues, your fears, your worries, with your weakness. I can use it all. And God's saying that to you too. He's saying, am I not sending you out? I'm already there before you even go. The greatest predictor of God's faithfulness in the future is His past faithfulness. You've seen it in the Scripture. If you're honest, you look back and you see it in your life. And you can look and you can know that He's going to be there in the future and He's going to be faithful. He never lets us down. He will always be there. And we just simply have to be patient and wait for His timing. The fourth lesson that we learn about how to have peace in a world full of trial and struggle and, and fighting and worry is this. God has won the victory. That's the biggest thing you need to remember and I need to remember. God has won the victory. You see, there's no translation needed for this one. This one applies to anybody and everybody. God has won the victory, ultimately through Jesus. But look, see what he says to uh, Gideon in Judges 6, verse 23. But the Lord said to him, Peace, do not be afraid. You are not going to die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it, The Lord is Peace, or Jehovah Shalom. To this day it stands in Ophrah of the Abizarites. Jehovah Shalom. God is peace. God is one at all. He has all the power. He's the creator. He's the sustainer. He's all powerful. He's been there since the beginning. He was and He is and He, he provides for us day in and day out and He is peace. Jesus has overcome. We've sung that song already this morning together. He defeated the greatest enemy of death and sin. And if you, if you think He can do that, and He did, then how can He not deal with your problems and your worries and your cares and your struggles? God can carry your burdens. He is peace. You see, this Hebrew word, shalom, it carries much more than just the meaning of peace, you know, of freedom from conflict. It's so much more than just that. It is that, but it's so much more. It's a many-layered word in Hebrew, and it can, can do a lot of things, sort of like aloha. It doesn't only mean lack of conflict. One layer of meaning that I really love, it really gets me right now, is this. Shalom can mean wholeness or complete. Don't you need that in your life? Don't you need to know more than ever that God has made you complete and He can give you wholeness where you feel broken and where you feel empty? Isn't that the main root of mine and your anxiety, our worries, our fears, and our fighting with God and with other people is that we don't feel complete. We're looking for someone to, to fulfill us, and so when they don't, we get angry. You know, um, When we feel slighted and we don't feel appreciated, we get angry. You know, When we can't control a situation, we don't have all the answers about where the money's going to come from, or am I going to have a job, or will I get my job back? We can get angry because we don't feel complete. We don't feel whole. We're not complete outside of Christ. This world isn't complete. Our relationships aren't complete. Our trust isn't complete. So we worry, we fret, we fight, we hate, and we work. 
it's so evident that we need to be complete. We need to be made whole. If we truly want peace, we have to rely and completely put our trust in God, Jehovah Shalom, and lean on His understanding to guide our actions, our thoughts, and our lives, every part of us. Here's something that God really revealed to me in all this, and it's, it's simple, and I knew it in theory, but I'll be really honest. Peace has been hard for me to come by in my life. Contentment has been so hard for me to come by. I've struggled with it. I always want something new because I'm thinking, okay, that's going to help my problem. If I go to a different place, then my problems will be fixed. If I try something new in life, then all my problems are going to go away. And I've always looked for that peace and that contentment that I can't seem to find. But God sort of helped me to understand this in a new way, and maybe it'll help you. Peace based on a change in circumstance isn't peace. It's a temporary ceasefire. That's all it is. Peace based on a circumstance change isn't peace. It's simply a temporary ceasefire. The thing is, we always think that if our circumstances will change, then we'll have peace. But there's a truth that we need to understand. We can't truly have peace until we learn that God is God in the storm, not just in the calm. That's something that you and I have to understand, and we've got to own it in our hearts and our minds. If we ever want peace, if you struggle with having peace in this life, I want to tell you that is the key to knowing it, is that God is with you just as much, if not more, in the storm than He is in the calm, and that He's teaching you and growing you and stretching you in the storm, and He's helping you to understand that the grass is not always greener if God's not there. When you move, you've got to make sure that God is moving with you, and you're moving with God. True peace is total surrender. That's what we have to understand. If we want to be whole, if we want to have real, true, lasting peace, we have to follow God's trail. I know that's an odd word to use. We don't use that very often when we're talking about God. But I want to tell you for a couple of moments about Minkaye was one of the murderers of Nate Saint and Ed McCulley. These were two men that were murdered along with Jim Elliott and two other missionaries back in 1956. You see, these five missionaries had gone down to Ecuador and had a desire to reach out to the Aka Indian tribes that were there. They were a totally unreached people group, and they seemed receptive. They would fly over and they would drop gifts, and the people seemed excited about it, and they thought they had built up enough uh, reputation and, and friendship with those people that they finally decided to land and make contact and before too long, once they landed, they were brutally murdered, all five men, by these natives of this place in Ecuador. So when Minkahe passed away at the age of 90, Steve Saint, who was the son of Nate Saint, who was murdered back in 1956, he wasn't joyfully celebrating the death of his father's murderer. He was weeping with joy and with sadness over the death of the one that he had grown to call Grandfather Minkaye. So what happened, what happened after these murders was unbelievable. Elizabeth Elliot and the other wives, instead of allowing anger and hate to build up and destroy them, they led efforts to go and win those people who had murdered their husbands to Jesus. And they did. 
Much of the tribe became followers of Jesus. And Menkai became a member of the saint family. They literally called him Grandfather Menkai. It's unbelievable to hear this story. Here's a snippet from several years ago of Menkai talking about his faith in Jesus and inviting us to have that same faith. He's saying, people, do you know how to walk God's trail? He gave us his markings so that we can see the trail. When the Waurani used to kill each other, they would be separated, but the children would follow their father's markings so that they could find him again. And these are God's markings. He sent his son down here, dripping his blood. He marked the trail. And with that same blood, grandfather says, Father Creator can wash our hearts clean like the sky when it has no clouds in it so we can see this trail. You just have to follow the markings. I teach the people, if you walk your trail, where are you going to end up? Your name is not written there. But he said, but if you walk God's trail, your name, is all, your name is already marked there. And coming there, God has made a place for us to live. God calling to me said, which trail do you want to walk? And I finally answered, I want to walk your trail. Why would I walk my own trail with no place waiting for me there? He says, in God's place, it's like Odo. It's like gold. It's a very good place. He knows we all wear gold to signify precious. And so he's saying, you folks like gold, wait till you get to God's place. He said, I think you were like me before. You didn't see this trail either, did you? Somebody has to teach us to walk the trail. Somebody has to teach us the markings, and then we need to teach others. My heart was dark like this. How could I see? How could I see? I, nobody had ever showed me this trail. I didn't know how to walk it. I said no to the king. What the king said, I said no at first. But God called my own name to him. Now my heart is not dark anymore. God sent his own son down here to the dirt so that he could show us how. Why would any of you not want to be coming after ones? Why would you not want to walk the same trail that God's own son, his only son, marked for us with his blood? This is what peace with God looks like. Wholeness in the face of trouble, pain, heartache, uncertainty. It only comes through the saving blood of Jesus. Peace that passes all understanding. That's the only thing that you can see in a life like that, who can accept someone like that into their family. Only God's love and peace can welcome a murderer into the family. It's beyond our understanding without knowing Jesus. And you and I are welcomed into the family of God through the love of God, paid for with the blood of Jesus. I want to invite you and I want to encourage you to have peace. 
Maybe you need peace for the very first time. And I have to explain to you that all of us, before we know Jesus, are enemies with God. And He is an enemy that we do not want to have. But the beautiful thing is that Jesus has made the path of peace open to us. He's opened the trail to us through His body and His blood. He died on the cross for your sins and my sins. And if you believe that and you want to be free and you don't want to be an enemy with God anymore, then you simply have to acknowledge Him as Lord.